Welcome back, everyone, to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tim Chelsvik, joined by Mr. Matt Drury. What's up? Hey, man. How's it going today? It's good. It's good. The The weather is cooling down. It's like I stepped out of the truck this morning and it smelled like fall. Yeah, well, today, but tomorrow it's supposed to be back up to <laughs> like the 80s. It's so all over the place. So it's kind of crazy right now. It's, you know, unfortunately for me, one of my two farms is still underwater. And Not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we the food plots, that's a thing of the past. Like to all that works, waste it. And we've talked about it through several podcasts. Right, right. But now it's just like, I'm just hoping for it to go down so we could get in there and plant some oats you know and it's not too late salvage it yeah. it's salvage something but it's to the point where we're we're running up against that wall where we may not get to plant anything in there and just looking at the the um the app that we look at or the website that we look at and the mm-hmm. forecast, it's not going to go down. It's like the 17th or the 18th of October. So Jeez. it's, you know, I've asked dad and Mark and you, you know, if the weather's right, we can potentially still get some oats or something like that in there uh-huh. and, and make do, but it's like, we're running up against it here and it, it's getting to a point or point of no return. That's a double-edged sort of hunt, a sort of hunting a river bottom. Cause that soil is so fertile and so good for growing great deer, but then, You've got the river right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So if the deer can't <laughs> can't live on it, <laughs> it makes right. it tough. It's it's just it's disappointing because we've had so much so many trials and tribulations at the lease. Like, you know, we kept saying if we just owned our own piece, we you know, and could control <laughs> it, the, the farmer and the cattle and you know, whatever, the other issues weren't and and Mark and Dad kind of uh, had to remind me like, hey, no matter what you own or lease, or you're always going to deal with something. Yeah. What was the old saying? Like, if you want to make God laugh, make some plans. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, uh, it's been frustrating because I had a lot of hopes, like the few pictures we got. And then of course what, you know, our neighbors, very, we have a really good, great relationship with the neighbor and he's sharing kind of what he was getting. And mm-hmm. there's some great deer in the area. And we knew that going in and it, I was so excited, but now, you know, I, I was just talking to Trevor about it, the, uh, my camera guy. And we're like, you know what, we're going to be stuck to to basically like just hunting the five days of the, you know, five to 10 days of the rut. If we're lucky at the water's down by then and, Jeez. and probably not have any food source and really just kind of have to go off of MRI and, and, yeah. and back to basics, back to basics. It's not the end of the world, but man, for what we do and trying to film it and, and rely on, on certain areas and setups, it, mm-hmm. it sucks. <laughs> it really does. Well, and so, so I'm still trying to find a decent buck to show up on camera. That's I feel like, 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 like I'm hunting blind, which makes it hard to, to go out. I went out on uh, Saturday and Sunday night, Sunday night. I probably shouldn't have because things weren't up 100%. Hey, what deer cast say? Deer cast said it was supposed to be good. Well, was it? And no. <laughs> it was not good that I left the house because my wife felt like there was still stuff that needed to be done there at the house. So that's one of those where you're like, should I go? Should I not? I'm like it's, burning a bridge here. It that. needs to be great. Just wait till <laughs> it's great to go. When you're in that situation, you just got to wait till it's great, man. No kidding. <laughs> it was not worth the trip out. Yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, you, you, you never know. You could catch a flyer and, you know, a big one could walk. Here's by. what's going to happen. She's going to download the app and then she's going to start checking it. And if it That's isn't great, she's going to be like, why are you going? <laughs> Let's not even have this conversation. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I'm a little nervous today for this show. Why is that? Honestly, because we have one of the top archers in the entire world. I'd say the top. On the show. <laughs> I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding. I'd say no the kidding. top guy. No kidding. So we got Levi Morgan with us. He's from uh, Bow Life TV. And of course, 
you know, everybody knows what he's done throughout, you know, shoot the last more than a decade in the target archery world. He's just lights out and dominates everything and, and wealth of knowledge. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce Levi. Hey guys, what's going on? What's up, buddy? Oh, not much. Appreciate you having me on here. No, you you know, we're lucky we got you because, I, you know, I, I follow along on Instagram and, and Facebook and all that stuff, and you're all over the place. Like, you've already lit the world on fire so far this season. Yeah, it's been a great year, man. I don't know how it's going to end, but it, it, um, it's been good already, no matter what happened, you know. So where all have you been so far? Uh, as far as hunts go, we started in Colorado for elk. Um, and then we went to Wyoming for mule deer, Montana for mule deer, New Mexico for elk, and then Newfoundland for woodland caribou. So, and then I've been hunting a little bit with Landon here at home and I'm going to hunt here for a couple more weeks, I guess. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up your son Landon. Cause I, I saw that, that he had killed his first deer, right? Yeah, it was awesome, dude. I'm still like, can't stop <laughs> smiling about it. It was just a really cool experience. His reaction, and and for those of you that may not follow Levi yet, you should go over and check out his Instagram page or his Facebook page. It, it was awesome. His reaction, he was so excited right after the shot, and and you could tell on your face that you were you very proud of that moment. Yeah, because he hadn't shown a lot of interest up until this point, you know. Which, as a, a hunter and a dad, it's like it's a hard thing to do because you want your your son to love it like you do, but at the same time, you don't want to force it on him and make him you know put a bad taste in his mouth or something so he finally showed some interest but he's still young six years old so i was worried how he was gonna do but he did better than a lot of grown men i've been in the woods with so <laughs> how did he do with the field dressing process oh he was watching cartoons at that point <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you we just took cameron out a couple weeks ago to dad's and he's four granted and, and it, he wasn't the one hunting but i wanted to see how he would do in the blind and and how he would react and how if he could sit there that long you know three hours or so and we definitely had to break out the candy and the ipad and and he doesn't get oh, on yeah. that much but man we had to do something because it was getting <laughs> he was getting uh, a little testy there in the blind there's no doubt man i i uh landon had just stuffed an entire muffin in his mouth when this dough come out sure. so on the show you'll be able to see like he like literally puts the entire muffin in his mouth and then the dough steps out and he's like sitting there trying to wolf this muffin down before this dough gets in range it's pretty funny but, yeah the snacks and the and the phones and the ipads are definitely a help with kids yeah it's almost a must it's hard with kids, but I was, I was pumped that he, he got it done. That's definitely, awesome, man. Yeah, definitely worth it. That's great. So I think one of the cool things is following along with you and, and of course, your wife, uh, Samantha, is, is just how integrated your family is into everything you do. I mean, that's something that obviously rings a bell with me and what we do here at Drury Outdoors. Right. You know, getting, getting started, give us a little bit of backstory about how you kind of got started into the industry and, and, uh, what your goals were and trying to produce a, a TV show. Well, my dad was a huge bow hunter. And, uh, I mean, I was in love with this, this since I was a kid and that's kind of how I got into the competition thing. Um, and I mean, from, from the time I was Landon's age, me and dad were, I mean, that was just all we talked about, all we did together. It's all I wanted to do. And literally watched your, you know, 
Mark and Terry, and I, I've said it, you know, even on social media or whatever, I've learned more from from Mark and Terry over the years. And me and dad used to go to the old convenience store and rent all the VHS tapes when I was little and I'd just watch them over and over and over. And so that's how kind of my love was born for hunting. And I grew up in North Carolina where you didn't see any deer, but somehow I still loved it. But that kind of led me into competition. And I've been lucky enough to, to make a career out of that um, over the years. But in 2007, uh, it was that was the first year I'd really had a lot of success um, as a professional shooting, uh, but I was still having to win tournaments to pay my house payment. <laughs> and so I was like, I was just a crazy kid. I think I was 19 or 20. And I was like, Samantha, we, we got to have a little more security. I don't like having to win to, to <laughs> pay my house sure. payment. Yeah. I was like... So let's start this TV show, which was a really, really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wanted security. You went the wrong yeah, way. <laughs> I went the wrong way, man. I had no idea. But, uh, uh, you know, through years of, of finding that out the hard way, we've finally been able to be at a decent place. <laughs> That's good. It takes, a, it takes a little while. I mean, it's it's um, the industry's pretty, pretty cutthroat and and you got to really have a niche or a hook or something mm-hmm. that, that sponsors. Yeah. That sponsors can gravitate towards. Cause there's like you said, Tim, there's just a lot of saturation in that marketplace. Yeah. People ask me all the time, you know, how do I get started? And I, I want to do a show and man, anymore, I, I don't even know what to tell people. I would hate to try to start right now. And just, I mean, it's great. You have to have something that I tell them, you got to have something that sponsors need you know, you got to make them need you to to make it in this industry. You know, there's so many people that love hunting and would love to do it for a living. And, and I mean, but it's just uh, it's tough and we're very blessed and it may all end tomorrow, but we're having fun and we're going to we're going to keep going. <laughs> as got long the, as we can. You got the right attitude, you know, it's just it, it is it's because that's the tough part, the balance of like family life, you know, and, and then the business side, like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you guys are together, you're stick, you know, you're sticking it out, you do it all together and, and you succeed together or you fail together. I mean, that's kind of our general principle and, and it does make you put a lot of effort and a lot more, um, you know, your mentality is a little different when you got so much at stake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Levi, I think you said it well, when you're, when your house payment is riding on your success, it, suddenly you have a lot more discipline and, and, and right. you just the, the level of seriousness just gets amped up. So that's where passion alone is just not enough to be successful. You've got to be good and disciplined to other aspects of your work in the outdoor industry. So on the, on the competition side of things, what, what, you know, you, you obviously put a lot of time and blood, sweat, tears into your craft. Like you can't just be that good at something. Yeah. You, you know, obviously you're given a, a, a God given talent to a degree, but you got to hone in on it. So right. what, what do you, you know, even to this day, after all these years, how much are you shooting? Like how much are you practicing? How much do you go in to try to hone in on that or continue to keep it? Well, normally, you know, at the end, kind of at the end of hunting season, December, you know, after Christmas, January, you know, I'm starting to work really hard at it again and kind of get back into competition shape because hunting shape and as far as shooting, not, I'm not talking about physical shape, but like shooting wise, 
a lot different. You know, we shoot a few arrows a day, make sure our bow is still sighted in and go to the woods. But in tournaments, you're shooting sometimes hundreds of arrows a day. So you have to kind of build up that endurance. And, and, and so I try to shoot a lot January and even into February, but then our tournament schedule gets so hectic anymore that um, you're just really maintaining between tournaments. Um, I, I think I tell a lot of people, I did most of my practicing when I was a kid. I mean, <laughs> I learned this game inside now. My dad really, you know, he said something to me when I was little over and over. It's kind of his saying, and it stuck with me my whole life. He said, son, because I loved baseball and football and all the sports. And, and he told me, he said, you can be good at a lot of things or you can be great at one. You know, and he, I remember him saying that over and over to me when I was little. And so I just, man, I really worked on this game that I loved. And so I, I feel like I practiced so much until I was 19 and hit the tour that it's still, you know, I, I can kind of dust off the cobwebs at the beginning of the year and, and spend a few months really getting back into it. And then it's just a matter of maintaining, uh, which was a hard thing for me to learn my rookie year. Once we got into the middle of the season, you get in such a rut that the season's gone and you turn around and you're like, I didn't win a single tournament, you know? So you really have to be able to break it down into smaller steps and, and to micro focus during these, these tournaments to be able to, to come out on top. Hmm. Well, so you mentioned being in shape. And, uh, and that's right up the alley for this question that we have from Ryan Mileszewski talking about how to stay in shape for bow season. Well, let's do it then. Yeah. The question of the day is brought to you by the lacrosse alpha burly pro tread lightly hunt confidently. Hey guys, this is Ryan Mileszewski from Overland Park, Kansas. Just wanted to see what kind of tips, tricks, tactics you guys have for staying mentally and physically sharp throughout the long grueling deer season. You know, it is a knockdown drag out fight sometimes. Uh, going after and trying to fill fill a tag. Uh, sometimes, you know, it gets to be just going through the motions, going out there and maybe not excited or just not mentally sharp, and usually that's when the buck steps out. So uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Thanks. You know, that's an interesting question because you definitely – there's a middle part of that season. If you're hunting once the season opens and go all the way to the end of it, like there's a part in there where it's like, why am I doing it's this? Gro- we say it all the time. <laughs> it's Groundhog's Day. Like Mark yeah. and Terry half the time don't know what day of the week it is. Like it's like you know they might be asking for something from the the office or whatever. I'm like guys, it's Sunday. Nobody's you know, like <laughs> other people do take a day off. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, you're kind of in that same fold where you're you're running and gunning all season long. You're traveling a lot. How do you do it, man? How do you keep in, in, in shape mentally and physically? Well, that's two different, definitely two different things. Physically, is it's tough, man. And uh, in, in the off season, I, I fitness is a big part of my life, and and eating healthy and and staying in the gym, and that's just not possible mm-hmm. in hunting season, you know. So it's more of maintaining and and on the physical side of things. Uh, one of the things I started doing because gosh, in deer camps all over the country and just you sit in a tree all day long and snack. And so what I started doing, I was like, there is no way I'm not going to come into camp at night and eat that lasagna that's made (laughs) and sitting on the counter, you know? So I started doing, uh, intermittent fasting and, and it, it's been pretty cool as far as, so I don't, I just drink coffee and I don't eat breakfast. And then I, I eat, when I get back in for lunch, if I come in for lunch and then you can kind of eat what I want and I kind of maintain that way. And if I can find a gym and 
it's not the rut, then I'll go to the gym in the middle of the day or something. But staying physically in shape and hunting season, when you hunt as much as we do and you're just constantly gone day in and day out, sitting in the woods and and then when you're not hunting you're hanging stands or planning or something Mm -hmm. it's really hard um the mental side of it for me is a little bit easier because i feel like that never ends for me is on the tournament side and into hunting it's it's all about setting goals and then for me i have you know i try to pick a main goal and i think this goes for life or anything in general you have this end goal that you want and so most people just say, I want to kill a big buck or this buck, and they never think about it after that. Um, and that's just the, you know, that's their goal, but they don't break it down. For me, I have to break it down into smaller steps. And so, okay, that's what I want to do. Well, what's all the steps that's going to lead me to that, you know, or give me my best opportunity at accomplishing that? And so then I just, you know, all those steps, and I'll say, what's the first thing I got to do? And then I'll, I'll go from that step to the next step to the next step. And you don't get bored and you you kind of keep your mind busy and you're not thinking about all the hours you're spending out there and what the heck am I doing and and all this stuff. Makes it a little easier for me to to sit there that, you know, on the 27th day when I hadn't seen a shooter in hmm. three weeks and it's just really slow. So it it's a tough grind and I don't know that there's a perfect answer for it, um, but um yeah, that's kind of how I deal with all that because, you, like you said, after you've been going for a month or two, getting up every day and and going and and nothing's happening, it can be pretty discouraging. And, and it definitely seems that the moment of truth, and he kind of touched on it in his question, happens when you are least <laughs> mentally ready for it. Yep. It's like you haven't seen a shooter, you haven't seen anything, yeah. and and then all of a sudden, here comes the opportunity, the one opportunity you're going to get for the year, and that's the one thing that I learned a few years ago <clears throat> when I started getting to hunt a little bit more your opportunities are rare. They are rare, you know, and you better capitalize. So you better be ready. And and you literally don't know when they're going to happen, which is, which is the magic of bow hunting to me is that, you know, it could be zero miles per hour all day. And then all of a sudden it's a hundred miles an hour right before daylight ends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you mentioned eating in deer camp and I don't know if you guys have ever requested a salad when you're at camp. Don't. Well, I wouldn't because I'd be afraid of the men, the, the abuse that you would take from all the rest of the guys it's, in camp. It's unheard of. They're like, what is a salad? It's not worth it. Yeah. We, no. we went to Mexican uh, the other day here, the staff, and Tim got a salad, and and they put uh, rice in a salad. Yeah, there was, there was rice under, it was like they had, to, they had to include carbs, and that was the point, like trying to avoid, because I know the grind of bow season is here, and yeah. so I, I'm a runner, and so my running schedule is completely curtailed. So I'll do what I can in the schedule that I have to control my intake. And carbs is one of them. And doggone it, they didn't. They snuck <laughs> like, it in underneath the lettuce. Who puts, <laughs> yeah. who puts rice underneath a chicken salad? Yeah, that's kind of the, the point of getting a salad. But yeah. yeah, you're right, man. You can't go to deer camp with a bunch of rednecks and start ordering salad. <laughs> no. Just 
it doesn't work, you know. So I learned the hard way on that one. I, you know, for me, I can have all the discipline in the world and and just about every facet of my life other than food. Mm -hmm. And so when little Debbie breaks out, it's (laughs) it's impossible. Like when I go to dad's, they don't know what the word health means. It's it's crazy. I don't know how he's as skinny as he is because I swear he takes ten thousand calories a day. And uh, (laughs) well, that and, and both the guys that film me in the tree, my brother and Justin. Dude, they are like snack kings. They yeah. have nothing but snacks in their backpack. You know, I'm talking about Skittles, M&Ms, Twizzlers. Are they 12? So I'm sitting there all day and I'm starving and they start handing Twizzlers down. I'm not I'm not going to turn that down. Yeah, like I can have discipline enough not to bring it, but if somebody else it's did, there. it's trouble. Right. Yeah. Well, then then the stops at like the Casey's store, you know, when you're on the way, you figure I'm just going to grab something here because I'm moving between so properties. I defy you to pass up a piece of Casey's pizza. <laughs> yeah, that's the donuts, man. Those too. donuts are awesome. Yeah. So, so, you know, we, we're kind of talking about the, the mental and the physical side here. Uh, you know, for you going, going forward for this season, is there something that you're looking forward to the most, a certain hunt, or I know you've been on quite a few cool hunts already. Is there something that you're really looking forward to to experiencing, uh, that's coming up for you this fall? Yeah. I mean, it's been the, the new farm we bought. I've had a lot of fun already with, um, there's just something about owning your own piece of ground that that's, Mm. Uh, something I've always wanted to do. And, and so it's, I'm really looking forward to, uh, watching the deer on that and seeing what I really have and seeing how they move on the property and trying to learn a lot about it. And that's, that's something I'm looking forward to a lot this year is just learning, uh, because every property is different, how they use it and at certain times of year. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to learning that. Um, as far as a hunt goes, I always look forward to Kansas I feel like the most, um, just because it's such a fun camp, man, we have some really good friends and it's like family there. I've been going there to this place for uh, eight or nine years and, and, uh, hunting's incredible and, and the people are even better. So, uh, that's always a really fun, uh, trip that the whole family goes on. And, and so that special time that all, every bow hunter looks forward to the first two or three weeks in November. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a target buck? out in Kansas that you're chasing? I normally try not to do that in Kansas because my buddy that leases most of the ground out there, his, his whole family hunts and they seem to, uh, arrow every target buck that I, I (laughs) (laughs) think I'm going to pick out before I get there. Um, his oldest son, Kate is 18 and in college and loves bow hunting. And last year I picked the target buck out and he killed it, uh, uh, I think October 10th or something like that. It was like almost 190. So, oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's giants out there. And Samantha shot that 193 a couple years ago. And then three days before that, I shot a 174. So there's big ones that make mm-hmm. it till we get there. But I, I I try not to pick a target buck out there. I just go have fun. And, yeah. and once I get there, I'll run some cameras and see what's left. Sure. That's kind of the mentality you got to have. I, you know, I share a lease as well and it's, you know, and I'm the one that's on it most of the time. And, and it seems like the, my lease partner is the one that has the most encounters and the most success. And you just got it. Cause I, I make sure he comes the right week, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just part of it. And you kind of got to get the, not that it's jealousy. It's just like, 
like, man, I wish I would have had that opportunity, yeah. but you kind of got to put that out of your mind and, and you're all buddies, you're all friends. It's all good. And f- somebody gets on, uh, on the deer, the big deer of the camp. Hey man, as your camp got him down, that's awesome. Yeah. You know? yeah. It, it does make for interesting conversations when someone takes the, <laughs> the buck that you were, that you were gunning for, but yeah, you, you can't tell someone not to shoot your deer. No way. It's not your deer. Oh, I mean, that's just part of it. I mean, yeah, you sit there and daydream about that deer walking by you all day long. But the truth of the matter is, you you know, that's an uncontrollable situation. And that deer could walk by your neighbor, could walk by anybody. So I'm always happy when somebody I know shoots one, uh, even though, yeah, it might be a little bittersweet because <laughs> you daydreaming of that deer since you got the first velvet picture of him. <laughs> so, and and that's, that's part of it. That's the funny thing, too. It's like just to know to to have the peace of mind of knowing how the deer died where because yeah, there's so many times where a giant passed through your life on a trail camera and you you never saw him again it's like man i wonder what are or one that you were chasing for a couple of years and, and and just disappeared it's like man whatever happened to so-and-so like <laughs> to, to have yeah. the closures worth kind of the peace of mind well, which, is, oh, yeah. which is a great reminder so if folks want to help us out we kind of have an unsolved mystery going on right now uh, if, if folks are familiar with the grand lake area in oklahoma uh a friend of a friend of ours found a buck, a deadhead that was kind of stuck to a submerged log in Grand Lake while they were pre-fishing for a bass tournament. This it looks like it's going to go like the two twenties. It's it's a giant, massive. Yeah, and they have no idea how it got there, where it came from. So check out DeerCast. It's a story. It's a giant tracker story called the Grand Lake Gargantuan. And if you have any information, we're trying to put this thing together like the old <laughs> Robert Stack unsolved mystery show it may be tough though <laughs> yeah yeah but wouldn't it be cool to like like you know to know that it came up the neosho river or something and some guy was watching it well that's the thing that's that's what always amazes me like how many people have pictures yeah. of a target animal anytime that we you know might get lucky and harvest one we that's when you kind of start getting emails through our website or social media like hey yeah congratulations we had so many pictures of them wondered what happened like you know it, up at dad's place it might be like four or five different farms that have sure. pictures of yeah. a certain deer yeah. so it's it's always crazy to just to see kind of where they're at where they're you know where they're summer uh hanging out during the summer compared to what they do in the fall or winter it's it's interesting to see how they move yeah oh yeah i mean it's crazy how much I mean, you can't, you think you can control a deer and then where he goes. And it's just, I had a lease one year in Ohio, 1800 acres. And I was hunting a deer. I called pirate Steve. It was 200 plus inch deer. And I thought it was this big secret and I didn't tell anybody and I was hunting him hard. And then he disappeared and somebody's like, Hey man, there's an outfitter up the road from me. You should get on their website and check out their trail camera pictures. <laughs> and that sucker was all over them. Oh, he was no. all over public land beside me. I mean, he was traveling all up and down the, the you know, the whole highway. And so <laughs> he ended up disappearing. And if I hadn't seen that, I'd never known what happened to him. I'm sure somebody probably got him. But yeah. Did you, did you say you called him Pirate Steve? Uh- yeah, Pirate Steve. I love Dog. the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he had a big club that came down over his eye, so he looked like a patch on his eye, so we called him Pirate Steve. Funny. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, Levi, any more kind of tips for folks to to stay healthy mentally and physically this fall before we wrap things up? The only thing I could say is, is mentally, you know, when you're sitting in a stand, I try to like, 
I tried every setup I get in. I try to play out every possible scenario that could happen. Mm-hmm. If he comes from here, if he comes from here. And so I'm trying to range things and have a general idea of what I need to do if he comes from anywhere mm-hmm. around me. Um, that way, because they never do what you think they're going to do. You, right. you think he's going to come out of that patch of CRP and walk down this hedgerow, but they normally do the exact opposite of that. So what I try to do is just mentally prepare myself for him coming from any way. Um, and, and, and then when he does do that, it, it seems to work out a little easier and I'm, I'm a little more prepared and ready mentally uh, for that situation. So just, while you're sitting there, instead of scrolling through Instagram the whole time, take a few minutes to, you know, to kind of prepare yourself for what could possibly happen uh, in that stand. And um, because you never know when, like he said, when you least expect it mm-hmm. and from the from the spot you didn't think he was going to come from. And that that's normally what happens. So if you can be mentally prepared and kind of have a, some sort of game plan for that, uh, it could be the difference. <laughs> it's sad that we have to put that uh uh, warning out there like, Hey, just try to stay off Instagram for a couple of minutes. And that's the dead truth, man. It's like, if we could all just stay off our phones, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. but it's impossible. It is. I don't know how we made it whenever I was younger with no phones and no nothing, just sitting out there hunting. I don't know what we did. It was a little more boring. I mean, I yeah, remember that, I, that I much. Distinctly remember yeah. you, you scanned the woods a lot. And you saw a lot of things that didn't exist. (laughs) 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 Awesome. Well, Levi, thanks so much for joining us. It's been so great having you on. We appreciate uh, you sharing your insights. And Ryan, thank you for submitting the question. We appreciate that. Levi, where can we find out more information about you guys? Yeah, you can go to our website, bowlife.com. You can follow me on Instagram, uh, bowlifelevi. Um, and then our show is on Sportsman's channel on Wednesday nights at 830. Um, so that if, you know, if you follow any of those things or, or do any of those three, you'll, you'll, you'll figure out what we're doing. Good cool. deal. It's a good follow. I promise you won't be disappointed. He's, he's always, him and his family are always out on, on an adventure. And yeah. that's what I like about it. That's, it's just like, you, it's kind of like, uh, you're there with them every step of the way. Totally. Yeah. And the other thing, Levi, I, I appreciate about your work is that you're very focused on teaching other people the craft of archery. Like, obviously it's your passion, but it seems like it's also your passion to share that knowledge so other people can be self-sufficient, self-reliant and, and make progress. So yeah, for sure. I think that's for sure. Important. I'm happy to, to help any way I can. And I really appreciate you guys having me on here for sure. Absolutely. Well, if you want more of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild podcast, it's easy. How much does it cost, Matt, to get this show? Uh, uh, it's free. It's free? <laughs> We're giving this thing away? Well, we have oh, to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that anybody would pay for it. <laughs> well, maybe we'll find out. So so uh, you can get it on the iTunes, uh, the, uh, on uh, Apple's iTunes. You can get it on Google Play Music, um, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, pretty much any place that you would find podcast. You can find the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild podcast to search for us, find us, subscribe, 
And they can also find us on YouTube, right? Absolutely. So if you're watching this right now, you can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Drury Outdoors. We're giving away a, a bow here. When we hit 100,000 subscribers, we're well on our way. We're thinking it's going to be here in November. So yeah, jump on board real quick uh, and don't get left out because you got a pretty good chance at winning a brand new PSE. And while you're there, you know, we got tons of new content going up every day. New episodes of Natural Born, Winchester and Drury's Natural Born we're hitting right now on YouTube and uh, Throwback Thursdays. we got all kinds of good stuff coming up all the time. One of the cool new programs that we just added was the Bragging Board, Deer Cash Bragging Board. We had so many cool success stories about the app so far. We created a whole new little quick show about it on YouTube. So it's been pretty pretty awesome to see uh, what's happening there on, on the Deer Cash side as well. Yeah, and I know a lot of folks are submitting their pictures and videos to us, success stories through Deer Cast. Uh, keep doing that. It's awesome. We get so many. And if you're wondering like, Hey, I uploaded my, uh, my hunt, I uploaded my pictures. Why am I not seeing it? Just know that we get a lot of that and we will do our best to share that with via fan shares or bragging boards. If you know of a huge buck that was killed, get in, get in touch with us and we'll, we'll highlight that also. But there's just so much, we've been really humbled and honored by the amount of interaction. So much so that we're actually working on an update to the app where there's going to be part of a news, the news feed where you can filter and go to all of the fan share stuff and everything gets put in there. So if it's go, if it's been up uploaded by mm-hmm. you, you know, at home, it'll, actually be in the app here you know soon hopefully in the next couple weeks to a month so pretty cool so far and we should probably also say thank you to everyone who has signed up to uh to use DeerCast because we're well over a hundred thousand users now which is just uh just 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 wildly beyond on our way to 150 and and beyond so stopping yeah so (laughs) if you want to check us out at uh, social media jury outdoors you could catch us anywhere instagram twitter facebook uh and of course juryoutdoors.com so we uh we appreciate you guys tuning in and uh till next time be safe out there we're adding new videos every week so make sure to click that subscribe button and check out all of our amazing content this episode of dod tv is brought to you by lacrosse footwear